This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hey, this is Bird Shooter. Welcome to episode number 22 in the N2 Backpacking podcast series. Tonight on the show, we're going to speak with Ken the Weasel on filming as an extra in the Hollywood production of Walk in the Woods, which is set for release in 2015. It stars uh, Robert Redford, Nick Nolte, based on a 1998 best-selling book by Bill Bryson of the same name and uh, details his attempted through-hike of the Appalachian Trail. This uh, show was actually recorded two years to the day of episode number five, which I recorded with Ken about the Chattooga River Trail, but tonight we're going to talk about the extra experience of walking the woods and what it's like to be um, someone cast in a Hollywood movie set. We're going to talk about some scenes from the movie, the book, and also what to expect if you ever get cast for a Hollywood film. So that said, here's Ken. All right, this is Bird Shooter, and uh, on the show tonight we have Ken a.k.a. The Weasel. Ken, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Bird Shooter. Good to be here, bro. Yeah, and you know, um, I had a chance to interview you about the Chattooga River Trail on episode number five, so this isn't your first rodeo there, pal. <laughs> no, no, it's old hat, but I'll tell you this time, man, I'm, I'm, uh, this is a lot more fresh in my mind. When we did the Chattooga, it, it had been a while, so uh, the memory's not as good as it used to be. Well, you're... Fresh. You're not getting any younger, my man. I think maybe your brain cells are starting to die off. Yeah, dude, you're a little older than me there, so uh, <laughs> hey, 15 days or so. You you got me there. And, hey, your wife also, I have to give her a big, uh, a big heads up because she also was on episode number 12. Your family, a big contributor to the podcast series here. We interviewed her about her volunteer work on the Appalachian Trail, so... A big shout out and thank you to your family. Cool. Yeah, I listened to that. Uh, you know, uh, I love her. She she did a good job. So excellent. Well, it's good to have you back here, man. So um, I got a little trivia question here for you. Do you realize that we did the Chattooga River Trail podcast two years ago in June? Golly, I, no. I mean, it, it time flies though. But did you realize it was not just two years ago? It was to the day, June tenth, that we did the Chattooga River podcast episode number five. Oh wow that, that's kind of weird and that was completely random go figure man huh where, where did two years go i uh, man it went fast i'll tell you that seems like we did that about six months ago yeah i hear you time escalates or uh accelerates as you as you age but uh so anyway i wanted to bring you back this time because you're hot off a um a scene in Walk in the Woods is an extra in the Hollywood production that's uh, based on the book by Bill Bryson, which was published in 1998. Um, as you know, it details his attempted through-hike on the Appalachian Trail in the late 90s. A New York Times bestseller. Among other things, uh, Robert Redford acquired the rights in 2005 and has finally put the uh, production into motion here, which uh, has Redford, as you know, starring as Bill Bryson. So, Ken, a question for you, um, and actually for the studio audience as well. 
Bill Bryson has a sidekick in the book named Steve Katz, who basically plays a uh, aged high school friend that joins him on the Appalachian Trail. Do you know um, Do you know Steve Katz's real name? I have no idea. In fact, when we had talked before, I I didn't even know Steve Katz was a uh, was not his real name when I read the book. But no, yeah. I don't. It's actually Matthew Anger, if I pronounce that correctly. Oh, and, um, you know, I guess, I guess you, if you read the book and you see how much uh, how much Bryson's poking fun at Steve Katz, the whole the whole book, then you understand why he probably changed his name. Yeah. But um, man, I mean, you know, he, he portrayed him as uh, mainly a pretty good guy, but he certainly took he certainly took jabs at him. Hey, I got a uh, I got a trivia question for you. Um so Redford, when he acquired the rights in 2005, what actor was he wanting to use to portray Cats? Uh, oh, I think I know that one. It was Paul Newman, correct? Paul Newman. Yeah, very good, man. I can't stump you. Are you trying to stump Virtue here? <laughs> can't do it. But he, he wasn't fat enough, so he couldn't use him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and then obviously he and Newman were good friends. I think it was supposed to be sort of their swan song after doing uh, uh, what was the move, movie they did together? It was so big. Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they they yeah. were good friends. I think throughout that whole time. So. Yeah, and then uh, Newman died. Did he died like around two thousand eight. Yeah, in two thousand eight or two. Yeah, it was right in there. I mean, it was shortly thereafter. Here, I'm, I'm looking it up right now so we can get accurate information to the listeners here. So what do you think? Obviously, Nick Nolte is playing the Steve Katz role. You saw him on the set. Um, you know, what's your initial take on him filling that role? I think uh, I think he would fit the bill much better than Newman. Um, and, and you know, it's funny because he was. Uh, it wasn't obviously it wasn't the same Nick Nolte that we remember in a lot of his other movies. He put on a lot of weight for this role, and he was quite older too. I didn't realize he was in his seventies. Yeah, 73 years old, and the only reason I know that, Ken, is because when I was in the uh, extra shoot down in Hampton, Georgia, he was getting up and down that bunk and breathing pretty heavy. Now, granted, he'd been at it all day, so I'm sure he was tired, but uh, he, he said, man, I'm 73 years old, you know, I'm getting too old for this, you know, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to be great in the role. I mean, he was funny in both the scenes I saw him in, and um, did you did you recognize him when you saw him on the set at first? No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I knew it was him just because I knew what he was wearing, but it did not look like Nick Nolte to me from what I've seen him before. In yeah, I mean, he put on weight. He had his hair grown out pretty long. Actually, I, the, I'll tell you the stunt double that, or not stunt double, but the stand-in double they had for him was like a a, a mirror image. It was incredible. Oh yeah, well, I couldn't tell. The, the other way I could tell it was Nolte is just the way they were acting. You know, they were fanning him off and everything. But uh, but yeah, other than that, they looked. Uh, they were they were spitting images of each other. Yeah, at least so, as far away as we were. Yeah, well, we're going to get into that. That's part of the questioning. So the book is, of course, based on the true story of Bill Bryson. Um, and, um, you know, obviously he, he has a lot of fun with cats in the book, and, and certainly he will in the movie as well from what we've seen. But um, I'm just curious. He disses on a lot of people in the South, too, especially in the book. So. I'm just kind of interesting to see how the movie goes over down here in Dixie. Any any predictions? Um, you know, I yeah, he he's not very nice to southern folk in general, which uh it um you know, I guess he was hiking through Deliverance Country and that movie was pretty fresh out at the time. 
Uh, but there are a lot of inbred references and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I mean, so many people down here are from somewhere else that it may not uh, may not that be that big of a deal. But uh, he certainly pokes a lot of fun at Southerners, no question. Yeah, I mean, and he's obviously a satirical uh, comedy writer. So, I mean, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But uh, I think there's a point in the book where he gets, you know, just where he just wants to get the hell out of the South. I think that's when he's in, like, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He hated Gatlinburg. I remember that part. Yeah, but of course the whole movie is mostly filmed around Atlanta. Um, they're they're still shooting as we speak, and um, you know you you may have a chance, and we'll give you an opportunity here later to still get in a casting session like uh, <laughs> the Weasel and I did. So let let's talk about the book real quick, Ken. So you read you read the book Walk in the Woods a while back. I did. Yeah, it was probably man. I mean, it was five years ago, something like that. I I skimmed through it right before we did this casting call. Just to uh, kind of refresh, I read the front cover and I, I kind of read the first couple chapters just to get it fresh in my mind. But uh, yeah, it was a long time ago. Good any book. any point in time where you found yourself laughing very hard? Um, yeah, quite a bit. You know, it, it was. Yeah, I I laughed at his satire and his sarcasm a lot more, you know, than his funny stories. Just for some reason, he was definitely scared of bears, which I mean, I guess you should be to some extent, but it seemed unreasonably. Um, he was unreasonably afraid of him. And uh, I don't know, just when he was poking fun at different people. And th that whole scene about when he was with those uh, drunk couple riding up Highway 75 near Hiawassee, which is the last part of the Appalachian Trail that I just hiked, I could actually picture getting off at Unicoid Gap and seeing that drunk couple come by. And uh, so I can put myself in his place, and it was kind of funny. Yeah, they actually filmed that scene, I believe, down in Hampton, Georgia, where they filmed huh. the uh, bunk room scene that I was in. And um, yeah, yeah, for every, every I, there were some other extras that I were I was in that scene with that said that it was hilarious. They were watching the filming of it, so um, so that's yeah, that's funny. That's that's funny that you remember that as one of the better scenes in the movie. So or in the book. So would you recommend the movie, or uh, would you tell people to read the book first? Um, yeah, I mean, I. I I always like to see movies after I've read the book just to see how they relate. Um, but it was certainly a good book. It's an easy read. I don't know. It's what, about 250, 300 pages, something like that. It it goes quick. Um, but it's definitely good. I, I enjoy that style of writing, so I liked it. Um, I like Robert Redford and Nick Nolte. I, I think it'll be a good movie. So, But I would I would definitely say read the book. Yeah, it's been uh it's been I'd say a good ten years since I read it. So I just ordered it through Amazon. I'm looking forward to reading it again, especially after being in a, in a few of the scenes. Uh, dude, I got a copy I could give you, but you <laughs> <just> ordered it. <laughs> I, I went for the hardback, man, so I could actually ah. have a something to hold on to for uh, posterity. I say I need hey. to autograph this one for you, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since you're since you're a Hollywood celebrity yeah, now. There you go. Perfect. So, Ken, let's talk about the uh, casting call that you and I had for Stone Mountain Park, which is just east of Atlanta. As we said before, you know, the majority of the movies being shot in and around Atlanta. Um, let me ask you this question first, Ken. How do you define deep background? <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I, I kind of look at it as if, if you see a movie and – you see a bunch of people moving around the background, but you can't really tell if it's who it is, or even if you know it's yourself, you wouldn't be able to tell it's you. That's probably deep background. So I think that uh, seeing as how when we filmed it, we could barely see the actors, you know, way off in the distance. I, I think that's deep background for you. 
So, so what are the chances that uh, anybody in the world's going to be able to pick us out in this movie? Uh, not very, well, you know what? You're in another scene that I think you're probably going to get some FaceTime. But uh, the scene that you were talking about that I was in, nah. I, but I don't know. It, it, it's, well, I guess we'll have to see. And I can always point to any random character and tell them it was me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but my, my prediction on this, and, and we'll just to walk the listeners through the Stone Mountain scene real quick, um, is is basically we're putting our backpacks on in the woods. And Nick Nolte is standing outside his tent, kind of getting out of his tent. Between us are a couple campers that are um, essentially getting out of their tents and kind of putting their tents away to get ready to go backpacking. And as I understand it, I think the scene, they zoomed in on us. We put our packs on. They kind of pulled out to get the two campers in front of us. And then they pulled way back to where Nolte was getting out of the tent. And then that was the scene where... um, Basically, Robert Redford was taking a crap, right? So, yeah, poop scene. So. Yeah, the, the poop scene. What, what are the chances that the poop scene gets cut, that that ends up on the cutting room floor? I don't know, man. Nolte had a pretty funny line. I don't know if you remember it. But uh, but um, anyhow, I, I think uh, it's possible, you know, and, and at the very least, our name will be in the credits. Yeah, that counts, <laughs> that counts for something, huh? So, so for the listeners, how we got involved in this whole thing, there's a um, casting company in Atlanta called CL Casting, which you can find on Facebook. That's probably the easiest way to track them. And they have, um, they have actually quite a few uh, movies that they're filming in Atlanta right now, so you could you know, probably get cast for something somewhere. Um, but both Ken and I were able to um, reach out to them through through their website. They usually ask you for a few photos. You give them some general information about your age and, uh, you know, some information to see if you fit the bill. In this case, they wanted to know that you had some game in terms of hiking, so they wanted to see some pictures of you with your hiking gear. And that's basically how we got cast. Um, but it couldn't be any more convenient for you, huh, Ken? Because, I mean, this was basically a Hollywood shoot in your backyard. <laughs> Yeah, that that worked out pretty good. I'm about 15 minutes uh, east of uh, where they are shooting, so you know we get a Stone Mountain all the time. I, I know it pretty well, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, did you ever think that Hollywood would be filming a hiking movie like 15 minutes from your house? Ah, uh, yeah, kind of. You know, there's so many movies being filmed here now. It doesn't surprise me, but no, nah, I mean I would have. I didn't even know until. Um, we got in with that casting company that they were actually filming this year because they, they do try to keep these things low key. I mean, they don't really advertise them that much because they don't want to be hassled, I think to some extent, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was, that was great. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the tax credits that Georgia has coughed up recently certainly uh, isn't hurting. I heard there was like 60 different movies being, being filmed in Georgia right now. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that. I mean, you got Tyler Perry here. You've got you know the Walking Dead, Vampire Diaries. There's all sorts of stuff being filmed here, and and tons of movies as well. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about this in a minute. But a lot of the extras that I was in on the Hampton scene with, and and you and I only had a handful of extras on the Stone Mountain scene. But a lot of the extras down at Hampton, Georgia, had been on three or four different movies in the last like three or four weeks. They just went from one movie to another. Pros. Yeah, they they were the professional extras, whereas you and I were uh, more interested just getting in a hiking movie, you know. Yeah, dude, I was, you know, it's something I like doing, and it was kind of cool to be in involved in the movie about something that you love. So, I don't know, yeah. if be a pro extra, but uh, yeah, I, I'm sure some people enjoy it. 
Hey, so a question for you, Ken. I mean, did, did you look like you slimmed down for your Hollywood Hollywood debut? Did you lose some weight here before the the shoot? And I was going to ask you the same question, but uh, no, not I don't know, not really. Um, maybe maybe a few pounds, but uh, not that much. You know, you know what it is. It's uh, it's we're nine ten months off our our Canadian. Um, uh, Can- Canadian fishing beer drinking trip, so I guess we've dropped some weight. Yeah, no kidding. I'm sure the camera will add it right back to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not being in the deep background, I don't think. No, that's true, yeah. <laughs> I think you're safe. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, so, so back to the movie. The Stone Mountain scene was to represent the 100-mile wilderness in Maine. Which uh, I, don't, I don't think you've hiked that area yet, have you? No, no, I have not. Uh, the only AT, I mean, I've hiked a bunch in Georgia and North Carolina, but uh, I, I don't really, I haven't hiked up in Maine, New Hampshire, or any of that at all, ever. Yeah, which, you know, without a doubt, you guys will love when you get up there. I know, you know, you guys are basically section hiking right now. We'll, we'll talk about that a little more in a second. Right. Um, but when you and I were in the Stone Mountain scene, which was to be the 100-mile wilderness, there was a supposed chill in the air, right? And <laughs> Supposed, supposed, right? I got to give a nod to the people that scout locations for the film because I got to tell you, man, Stone Mountain National or Stone Mountain Park is um, it's it's definitely passable for Maine. I mean, with the pine and the rocky terrain that it has, I mean, it to me, I I think it's a slam dunk for Maine. I don't know about you. Yeah, I've never seen Maine, but uh, Stone Mountain definitely looks different than what you get in Georgia if you're hiking anywhere else. It's completely different. I mean, it's it's granite, first of all. So I, I can see how you would think that. Yeah, but probably the more appropriate question for you there, Ken, is how glad were you that we were filming in the woods and not on the stone in that sun and like 80 plus degree heat in the middle of May? Uh, yeah, I was pretty happy about that. It was, it, uh, and I've hiked up that mountain so many times when it's been hot and, uh, it, uh, it sucks. It's tough, tough work. So, you know, I, Wearing what we were wearing, which was long sleeves and uh, hiking pants and every, you know, having a pack on, being in the woods was pretty good. Yeah, and I heard some of the, uh, I start, heard some of the crew talking about doing films, filming like the day before and how hot it was, right? And they they don't give extras ice packs, right? Like they they had Nick Nolte laid down with ice packs, but we didn't have them, correct? No, we didn't have. Man, Nick Nolte had three. Uh, three, um, I don't know what they were, assistants fanning him off. You remember seeing that? I totally do. I mean, that's that's one of the things that's kind of interesting about going to one of these these Hollywood filmings, right, is all the the behind-the-scenes stuff is really kind of fascinating, actually. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, I I got a lot of respect for those guys because they'd been doing that since 8 in the morning, and they were going to do it till basically until it got dark. And it was hot. They were wearing flannel. I mean, those guys, you know, that's not that it was tough work, but yeah, just being on your feet for 12 hours at 70 years old, that's uh, it's pretty solid. Yeah, and I mean, we had, you know, because it was supposed to be a um, chill-in-the-air scene, right? We had long pants, fleece. We had, we had basically all our winter gear kind of on, right? Right. And so you and I had talked before because I got burned on this when we went to the Hampton, Georgia, shoot and that was that we didn't realize it was going to be a winter scene so most of the most of the extras didn't have winter gear but um this time you and i were prepared right yeah we were prepared but i I was surprised that the uh, casting company didn't tell you that i guess they told us to you know put in different things for different uh 
situations, but they didn't specifically say pack winter gear. So the only reason I knew that is because I'd talked to you before. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think that obviously helped me get cast the first time. This time we were all prepared, but um, for a moment there, I thought we were going to get in that blizzard scene. Do you remember them talking about the blizzard scene that they were going to shoot after we left? Yeah, you know, I actually kind of wanted to see the fake snow and all that stuff. I think it would have been kind of cool, but uh, yeah, I know they were talking. Did they film it before or at, they were filming it that night, right, after we got out of there? Yeah, that was the fourth shoot of the day, I think. That's and, right, yeah, um, for the third, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they were going up on the uh, they were going up on the rock to shoot that one. Yep. Yeah. They're going up on the trail to the top of the mountain, which is very very open and uh, very very hot. I would think with fake snow coming down. Yeah. Well, when <laughs> they first when they first started telling us what the scene was going to be about, I thought for sure that we were going to get doused in fake snow, but I was all fired up for the Dude, second. That was too, man. I, I thought uh, I thought the same thing. And for the second time on a uh, on a. Uh, shoot with these guys i thought i thought we were going to get covered in fake snow and it didn't happen but um i gotta tell you they look they they do an amazing job considering both the scenes that i was in it was may it was hot it was sunny and they literally made it look like it was the middle of winter i mean you know it's amazing how they can do that yeah it's crazy i i you know i'm interested in seeing the movie and just to see that since they're filming all this in georgia how they make it look like other states and That'll be interesting to me as well. Yeah, and for the listeners, what they did in the Hampton, Georgia scene was they basically took, um, it looked like carpet of white mat that they roll out, and then they spray like what is essentially some kind of paper snow all over the place. So um, it was really, really kind of cool to watch, actually. All right, so Ken, to set this up, around 3.30 p.m., after a hearty meal, we leave the... um, Extras holding area, which doubles as sort of a commissary kind of break area. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, trailers, snacks. Um, they <laughs> load us into a van. What, what's that? Catered food. Yeah, catered food. And, I, I mean, I got to say, let, let, let me emphasize how good the food was. What, what did you think? It was great. I mean, uh, I wasn't even that hungry after hitting the snack tent before, but uh, I certainly enjoyed the catered food. I mean, whatever that fish was and the salad was, it was fantastic. Yeah, they may not pay you well, but they absolutely feed you well. Dude, speaking of which, have you been, I, I never got a check from them. Really? I did get my checks. I got both my checks. Oh, you I got, did? You yeah. Know, I'm thinking I probably threw it out because I I may have thought it was junk mail and just tossed it. But uh, uh, when did you get it? Do you have any idea? Yeah, it was, I can tell you the exact date, because I just got it like two weeks ago. I got both my checks at the same time, so maybe they do their their payments uh, all at one time. Yeah, I guess that's possible. But, you know, they called me because I had neglected to put some important information on one of my forms. So um, I I am sure that if you reach out to them, they'll score up with you. You know, I'm not really worried about the money, but I guess I did the work. I need to get paid. It was Well, you know, it's your, it's, your, it's your Hollywood debut, Ken. You need to get your first paycheck. That's right. I need that. That's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so we jump into a large passenger van, and we head, uh, I don't know, 10-minute drive, you think, across Stone Mountain Park? Yeah, that's fair. We get to a nondescript parking area, which is used by, I guess, groups that, you know, reserve these backcountry sites there, which I didn't even know were there, by the way. I, no, next I've never time, seen them. I think it's a Boy Scout camping area, right? Yeah, I would love to go back because those little sites were pretty nice. Yeah, Stone Mountain's pretty cool. It's got a lot of variety to it. Yeah, definitely. So how did you like the uh, ATV ride from the road into the wilderness? 
Uh, yeah, it was fine. You know, my neighbor's got one of those, so I've been on them a lot. He, we've got kind of trails behind our house that we go through. So, um, but yeah, it was fine. It <laughs> beat walking. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I was actually impressed. I didn't think they'd give us a ride, but because um, it wasn't very far back to the set. Let's be honest. Nah, but it was uphill both ways. So. Yeah, that's true. I might as well get some exercise, right? Since since we're supposed to be hiking in a uh, movie on the Appalachian Trail. So so what was your um just curious like I mean you know you walk into a Hollywood set for the very first time what what was what was that like what was your first impression you know it it to me it didn't look like a Hollywood set it looked like a campsite with a bunch of people with cameras and stuff but uh, um you know the only I guess there was a a couple things you know they had that fake fire going which was kind of cool but uh, and the cameras but other than that it looked uh, it, it didn't look like what I thought a Hollywood set would look like. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that initially struck me about that fire was it never really occurred to me that it would be a fake fire, right? Like I, 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 I would just, I would have thought they would have built a real fire with firewood, right? Yeah, you would think, but it was, a, I mean, it was a realistic looking fake fire. You had to do a double take because you thought it was real. So I guess that's the whole trick of Hollywood, right? Yeah, powered by propane tanks, right? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that that was one of my first impressions, actually. And then when we first got there, they had some of the tents and stuff pitched up around there. So my thought was that they were going to film Robert Redford and Nick Nolte playing Bryson and Cats, sort of in the campsite with us kind of just mingling around. Was that was that your first thought when we got there? Yeah, for sure. I thought, um, which which turned out to be the scene before they were doing the fire scene. I didn't realize that. I thought I thought the same thing. I thought we were going to be around, all around the fire or something and. Uh, you know, it was them walking into camp when we were going to be the local campers or whatever, you know, other people on the trail at the time. Yeah. Were you, were you surprised by the number of people that were kind of buzzing around? On the, eh, on I don't know. Not really. I, it seemed about right. You know, I, I guess it seemed like there was enough people. Um, I was surprised more at the lack of direction we got really, you know, like <laughs> I was just, well, okay, kind of stand over here and kind of do this. And I thought they were going to tell us exactly what to do in specifics, but, but it was more, it was more just uh, act naturally and just kind of walk this way. And, uh, you know, if you feel like saying something, you know, pantomime something to this person. But, um, yeah, that's what surprised me. Yeah, baby, but to your point, pantomime, right? Like, you don't speak. They they basically tell you not to talk, right? Nah, they got to pay you more for that. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't know. That, that, was, that was one of the most uh, interesting things to me was when I've been in these two scenes, they basically want you to move your mouth, move your hands, but not say anything, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, he said pantomime, and I'm thinking, well, what's pantomime? But then I kind of, you know, it made sense to, to you know, to kind of move your mouth and, and do that. But he asked me to do it when I walked by those two tents. Right, right. I'm some talk to one of the two people there, so. Yeah. Yeah, so did you, so at this point, you, you well, we had, Robert Redford had come to the uh, dining area, so we had seen him there earlier. Right. And to get his food, and so you may have already recognized him. Did you recognize uh, Robert Redford and Nick Nolte on the set immediately, or did it, it kind of take a while for you to figure out who they were? Nah, you know, I recognized them. Uh, to be honest with you, I couldn't tell the difference between them and the stand-ins from where we were standing, unless you kind of walked up to that, right? You had to walk forward a little bit to... Uh, tell the difference but no i mean i i think i just because they were standing in an obvious position where the two lead actors would stand and they were wearing kind of flannel stuff that it just made sense that that's who they were yeah did you expect them to be more chatty with kind of the extras in the crew um 
I did initially, but I mean, I understand why they wouldn't be. I mean, God, those guys were there for 12 hours. I, they're not young guys, so I'm sure it, it's a job to them. Yeah, for the record, Robert Redford's 77 years old, and he's playing. He's supposed to, supposedly playing Bryson, who I think was in his 40s uh, when he did the hike, right? Yeah, he was. He was, uh, I think, mid-40s. I think Katz was, too. So I don't know how they're going to pull that off. And the other thing I was thinking is, you know, we're all wearing North Face gear and Columbia and all this new lightweight camping stuff, which obviously didn't exist in those times. Um, So I wonder how they're going to explain that, or they probably aren't. I mean, it's probably just they're going to let it go. <laughs> I don't think your average person is going to notice. I think this probably is, not. I think this movie's made for your average person. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, but but by the way, they call just to, for the interest of the listeners, maybe they they call him Bob and not Rob or Robert on the set, and they call him Nick, obviously Nick Nolte, which makes sense. Um, so, how many takes did we do? I mean, I guess we did a couple different views, different different angles on the scene you were in. Um, I remember walking up and down that hill a fair number of times. Do you remember exactly? No, I, I think it was. Uh maybe eight, eight to 10, somewhere in there. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't terrible. I mean, we probably knocked it down about 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty quick. And then, so I guess I think they call them ADs, which I'm, and I'm not in Hollywood here, but I think that stands for assistant director or whatever. One of the ADs basically got our hopes up that we might actually be back for that REI shoot on Monday because uh, we were in the quote unquote deep background. Did you, did you end up applying for that? I did, but I think, uh, you know, I think when he asked you, hey, haven't I seen you here before? <laughs> I think that ruined the chances. But I didn't I, apply for that REI scene. I never heard back from him, though. So I think, you know, they probably wanted to get some fresh faces. If you if you got the same people in all these scenes, it probably doesn't look realistic. I mean, I'm wearing, you know, 2014 gear anyway, so that, that part doesn't look realistic. So you probably don't want to see me in Maine and in Georgia, <laughs> two different scenes. I, I was ID'd. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you were I busted. Mean, I was busted. I think the the AD was basically telling us that because Bryson jumped ahead so much that they didn't think it was realistic for the same um, hikers to keep showing up in, like, all these different scenes, right? So Right, yeah, because he skipped the whole middle section of the AT, right? So he, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was realistic to think that the same thru-hikers would be uh, there um, later on in this trip. Yeah, and then I noticed that uh, the, the casting company started posting new faces only on their uh, on their casting calls. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, they call that the bird shooter rule. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thus ends our Hollywood career, Ken. Just just as it was taken off. Oh, right? I know. I had such high hopes. Dang, and you were about to get your Screen Actor Guild card, right? Uh, well, you know, if it's free, I guess, but I. I <laughs> no, not really. I, I would call that the SAG card if I sounded cool. That's right. Yeah, my father-in-law's got one. <laughs> really? Oh, that's right. He's a radio guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He does. He's done a lot of commercials and a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of different stuff. But uh, he, yeah. he's got it. Maybe I can borrow it one day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that would work. So um, you bring up a point earlier though about Bryson, you know, jumping ahead, and I think it's a sore point for AT through hikers, right? Because He's achieved all this fame and glory, and he only hiked about 800 miles of the 2,200-mile AT. Um, and Bryson's book, is it's its one of many that chronicle through hikers' journeys on the AT, right? Yet most of the other through hikers 
that completed the trail have not really seen a lot of notoriety or fame or fortune from it, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, 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 I ask you, are you surprised there's a little backlash, uh, with through hiker community on the, on the Bryson success? No, no, not at all. I mean, there are other books out there about guys that through hike, but this is probably, I don't know, arguably the most popular book about the AT. And it's from a guy that, uh, you know, like you said, didn't through hike it. So of course, yeah, it's, uh, I think the way it's written though, um, you know, it's just, it's a good read. It's not like if you wanted somebody's actual chronicle of DAT, you probably need to read a different book and, and, but in general, I, yeah, I, I can see why people wouldn't be terribly happy with him having not completed it and this book being the most popular book about the AT. But I, I have to say this, in all fairness. I've read uh, at least two, if not three, of the other thru-hiker books that are out there, and they're they're very good reads. Very good, but, but not as entertaining, probably. They're not. Well, they're just totally different. I mean, I think they're books that are really interesting for somebody that – has hiked some of the trail or hiked all the trail and they're much more personal. Right. And whereas Bryson writes a true comedy that I think reaches out to the, uh, just the common man, the common book reader that has no intentions of really ever setting foot on the trail. Right. Right. Yeah. I think the, this book would, you know, it would appeal to the casual hiker more so than the, uh, somebody that's actually through hiked. And it's damn funny. It so that's funny. Right. So, so there lies the differentiator. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, he's not trying to be serious. He's not, um, you know, I think in the beginning of the book, he pretty much states that he very seriously doubts he's actually going to through hike it. I don't think that was ever his intention, you know, with, with his family situation and just his general age and everything. I, I never thought when I started the book that he was going to finish it. So, and, and I got to credit the movie because I think the movie's following the book pretty closely. And it's, it's, I mean, the scenes I've seen are hilarious. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a huge hit, not just here in the United States, but I think it'll be a huge hit internationally. That's my prediction. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it will too. I just, I don't know the collateral damage on the AT because I, I love hiking the AT here in Georgia. I don't know how many people we're going to get hiking that because they see this movie. So we'll see. <laughs> Hey, so let's talk about let's talk about that a little bit because you're uh, you're someone that section hikes some portions of the trail. Um, hell, you you've probably hiked more miles than Bryson. <laughs> it's, nah, maybe. I say, you know, I've hiked. A, I, my wife and I are hiking. We're basically hiking three days out of the year, so we send our kids to camp and we do a, a small section. We're only we're not even we're probably this year going to get uh, over Trey Mountain and into North Carolina. So. And I've hiked a lot of it um, before in North Carolina, but I've, you know, I've never hiked any further north than North Carolina. So it, I, I figure by the time we're about 150, we'll be done with it at the present rate. I was just, I was kidding you a little <laughs> bit there, but so, so, but, but you are, you guys are about to go out here in a few weeks and do another section, right? Yeah, man, we're heading out um, early July. We're going to do Unicoi Gap uh, over Trey Mountain, probably into North Carolina. I'm not sure. We'll have three days. So I haven't mapped out exactly what we're going to do, but probably about 30 miles. So you guys should have Georgia knocked out soon. You've done some sections of North Carolina. You, you're, you're section hiking your way to, to fame, basically. Yeah, we're getting there, man. We're plugging away at it. Hey, man, do it any way you can, you know? Yeah. No, I just enjoy being out there. So. Hey, you and me both, brother. 
So so let's talk about some scenes we know are in the movie. And the movie seems to be following, as I said earlier, the book pretty closely. Um, hey, so a, a couple things that actually surprised me. There, did you know there's like three different production companies that are um, producing this movie? No, nah, I had no idea. Yeah, well, it's Route 1 Films, Surefire Entertainment, uh, Wildwood Enterprises, I guess. Huh. And I got this from the web, so I don't know. You know, I know at least two of the three are accurate, but... Um, you think that like some do post production and some do like actual filming on set? How do you think that works? I I have no idea how that works. I mean, I wonder if part of them do one area and one another, and I don't know. Maybe they send it back to maybe one of them's Hollywood based and they send it back there to do the editing. But I I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a question for somebody in the industry. Yeah. But w- one of the first scenes that I um, heard of being shot was at Amicoli Falls. It was around. April 22nd. Now, you, you've hiked around the uh, state park before, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, you've done, I know you've done some of the approach trail. Have you done the whole thing? Um, I don't know. You know, we didn't, we didn't do with my wife. I did not do the approach trail. I have hiked it before, though. Oh, it's brutal. I did not do it with her. So. <laughs> you, you saved her some serious <laughs> grief. I guess it does. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty tough. Well, if you hike to the Linfoot Inn, though, which is just off the approach trail, you could have looped back on it. Um, I don't know if that was a, a route you guys took. Aren't, aren't you? I've the Linfoot Inn twice, and we have – the one time I did it, we hiked in one way and out another way. Does it go on the uh, – what's that other trail that's up there? Um, the Ben Mackay? Ben Mackay, yeah. Is it on Ben Mackay? I, I don't know. But, yeah, we very easily could have done it. I've definitely hiked the Amicalola Trail quite a few times, though, or the approach yeah. trail, rather. Yeah, the Ben Mackay actually starts at Springer Mountain, so the approach trail would be the approach to Springer. So it, it okay. Yeah, they don't cross. But um, a, lo- a lot of scenes, I mean, a lot of the early scenes that were shot were shot around Amicalola. And um, I actually heard that there were some thru-hikers that were starting their thru-hike that were really unhappy because a, um, a private party had reserved the park and they couldn't get into the park and film themselves near the, uh, start of the trail, you know, or no start of the, you know, approach trail. Yeah, dude, that's ridiculous, man. They should have let them in just to, cause that's a big moment for those people. You know, if you think about it, um, you're starting off on this adventure. And I, I, I don't know. I think they should have let them in and at least it's not like they're going to, uh, you know, interfere with the filming of the movie. I definitely think they should have let the through hikers, chronicle the beginning of their journey yeah but you know ironically it's the approach trail right so the, the it doesn't even those are miles that don't even count I, so, uh, it's still it, you hiked it right so yeah you dropped me off there my man no it's pouring rain <laughs> yeah anyway those those were those were good days yeah long time ago yeah so i mean just to give the listeners a little background on some scene shot at amicalola um there's there were some extras that I was in scenes with in Hampton that were uh, in a scene in the lodge where they were having breakfast. And uh, that was a huge casting call, Ken. You and I got lucky because I think there were like 40 or 50 people on that casting call. When I was with you, there was, uh, what, six? No, five of five us? Five of us, yeah. Yeah. And then the other casting call I was in was only like 12. So it was much, much smaller. I think we, we were definitely lucky in both cases. But they um, took a handful of the hikers to the base of the falls also to do some hiking scenes and, you know, shoulder a pack and start walking. Hey, hey have you ever climbed from the base of the falls up to the top of the yeah, lodge before? I did that with, uh, I think, with my son 
is probably five years ago. That is uh, that's a serious climb. <laughs> yeah, it's it's no joke, without a doubt. Um, so I mean, I feel very fortunate that we had the casting calls we did because um, when I got down to Hampton, a lot of the people that were in the Amicola scene had had also been cast for Hampton. Um, and I mean, it, I was kind of surprised because one of them had said that um, they had run into a cop just outside of the park and they'd stopped at a gas station and nobody in the whole area had, had any clue at all that they were filming at the uh, at Amicalola at that time. You know, that doesn't surprise me. When I pulled into Stone Mountain, um, there's a gate on the east side of Stone There's two gates. You came in the other gate. I came in the east side gate. And I asked the guy where the movie was filming, and I, you know, he's like, "Well, I don't know what movie." He didn't even he had no idea. The guy at the gate had no idea there was a movie being filmed there. So, I mean, fortunately, I had directions, but the guy at the gate didn't even know. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't recognize the trailers and kind of the food service trucks and sort right. of the, uh, I mean, the things that go around it, you may never know. You know, yeah, they kind of. I think they try to just blend in, and they don't want to pull a bunch of attention to themselves. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, so let's let's transition to Hampton, Georgia, a little bit. That was the scene that I shot the Friday before. So you and I were um, basically filmed. Um, I guess it was the first week of May, but on Friday, May second, I was down in Hampton, Georgia, at the. Uh, it's it's basically a Presbyterian church camp, as I understand. And that was meant to be a scene where Bryson and Katz walk into Rainbow Springs Campground in in the North Carolina, Franklin, North Carolina area during a surprise April blizzard. So they, they did a phenomenal job making it look like winter. And um, in the scene, I've got a bunk right next to Robert Redford and Nick Nolte who are playing Bryson and Katz. Um, so I'm pretty sure that I'm not in the deep background on that one, Ken. <laughs> no, dude, I think you uh, you might get some FaceTime. You might become a star from that scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, here's the downside to being an extra, though, Ken, is that um, my back was to the camera. I was instructed to have my back to the camera. Well, you know, you got a face for radio there, Goodrich. I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess it's a good thing, right? Uh, I think, you know, part of it is they don't want to pay you for uh, It's all unionized, so they have to pay you for whatever you end up doing, so... Yeah, and that was another thing I did not realize until we were in the middle of this uh, the shooting thing, right? I didn't realize that um, so many of the groups, the grips, you know, I, I mean, basically everybody's union, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I talked to my father-in-law about that, and he said the same thing: is um, you know, extras are paid a certain amount, which uh, you know, he actually said extras sometimes can make quite a bit more than we did, but then sometimes they make less. But, uh, you know, and then stand-ins make a certain rate. But everything is based on what the union pays. Grips make a certain thing. But if you have speaking lines, you definitely get paid more. Hey, so that this is a great time to talk about one of the things I had on my list here to discuss, and that is the different people that are on the set, right? Yeah. So the stand-ins are essentially people that don't even get filmed. They just basically stand in the scene, and they do what they call marks, where – they move around, they mark it with tape so the actors know where to stand. They do the lighting, and they basically take electronic devices and make sure the camera is shooting the lighting correctly. And then these stand-ins are gone. They don't get filmed, They just and they get they do get a higher pay rate than the extras. Right. But, but they don't even appear in the film. 
And then you and I talked about earlier the professional extras who um, basically just bounce from one movie to another, and um, just it's a full time thing, right? Yeah, uh, you know they probably just love being in movies, and I guess I can see the appeal of that. Yeah, I mean it is kind of cool. Although I can yeah, honestly sure. say I, I would never do it again. I, I would never do it again. <laughs> you know, I would do it again if it were something that I were passionate about. You know, if, if there was some other movie that I really enjoyed the book or. You know, if it were something that I enjoy doing, I would. Do, but I wouldn't just do a movie just to do a movie again. Yeah, I mean, it it was really exciting for me to be in a movie about the Appalachian Trail because yeah, I'm very sure. very passionate about it. Right. But um, unless you've got unless you've got a lot of time, because you can basically be on a set for twelve hours. Now, granted, you're getting paid roughly minimum wage, right? Time and a half if you go overtime. Right. But. Um, you could be there all day. And yeah, never... financially, it's not the best career. But, it, yeah. you know, it, it certainly, if you're passionate about it, it's fun doing. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So the Hampton Inn shoot for me lasted about three hours. How, how long was the the scene that we did at Stone Mountain? Um, yeah. Well, we ended up being there, I think, four hours, most of which was waiting. We were actually only on set for maybe an hour, hour and a half. God, was that it? Man, that it's... time flew. Yeah, I thought maybe, it was longer than that. Maybe two. But we got there, and we waited probably for a good two hours. Then we went to the set. I, I think we were only there four hours total, right? So I, we couldn't have been on set more than two hours. You know, And that was one of the questions I had for you, because when we were down at Camp Calvin at Hampton, Georgia, we were waiting seven and a half hours before they even came and started filming us. And, and then um, – I think by the time the day was over, we were there about 13 hours. It was a long, long day. And, they, and the, you know, the casting company pretty much told you that would go down. But were you were you prepared for a much longer day than you had? Yeah, you know, I thought we were going to be there six to eight hours, and I think we were only there four to five. But uh, the casting company said it would probably be this six to eight hour day, so that's that was my expectation. Yeah. Did did the time go faster than you thought it would? Um. Yeah, you know, and that's a credit to uh, the fact that there were five of us. We were all into hiking, and there was good conversation. You know, it was it was interesting. It was kind of cool to get to know those people. Yeah, I mean, I actually got to give the casting company, company some credit because they really did make an attempt to get some real hikers in there. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had, uh, all five of us were uh, qualified to do what we were doing. Yeah, and they had some, uh, I mean, between the two shoots that I was in, they had a number of thru-hikers that showed up. Huh. So, um, but what was interesting to me is you could tell the professional extras from the real hikers because, like, the real hikers had gear. You'd immediately know that they were a serious backcountry hiker, you know? Okay. And then the um, the professional extras kind of just grabbed, like, a sleeping bag and grabbed a backpack, and you could kind of tell that they they weren't real backcountry hikers, you know? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. You know, for what we did, there was only five of us, and we all had good gear. But, you know, I guess what you went to on the other set was uh, a lot more people. Yeah, we had, like I said, we had about 20. And um, I, I, that that is going to be, there is no way that scene's not going to make the movie. Because, just to recap it quickly, um, so there's a April blizzard, um, Katz and Bryson, who are Nick Nolte and, and, and uh, Robert Redford, come into a to an office they basically book a bunk room they come into a bunk room and there's a bunch of us already in the bunk room seven yeah, or eight I remember of that us. in the book yeah and um i i don't so does it happen in the book that the bunk collapses that that 
that uh, Katz gets on the top bunk and Bryson sees a nasty stain and they have a discussion and basically um, Bryson decides he's going to take the bottom bunk and then Katz gets on top and the bunk collapses? I don't think it collapsed in the book. I think uh, I, I remember Katz having a real hard – and people had to push him up into the top bunk, but I don't <laughs> think it ever collapsed. That's funny because I, we, um, I know that, there was a lot of people there, and it was not a uh, not a very nice place. I, I was standing at the monitor. I mean, they they marched us in and out of the cabin multiple times because they're shooting different angles. And I was standing by the monitor watching the uh, scene, and I mean that scene was hilarious. The the, the expression on Nolte's face was was so funny. I mean, that that's going to be a funny scene. That's it's so going to be awesome. Yeah. So Ken. Let's talk about you for a second. We'll take a pause on the uh, Walk in the Woods movie. Yeah. Um, just curious, and we may have talked about this a little bit in episode number five, but um, who influenced you most in getting into backpacking? Um, you know, probably Phil Weber, who, uh, you know, you, you of course know, he was our uh, Boy Scout leader when we were in high school, and... Just in general, being in Boy Scouts, I think, uh, influenced my love of being outdoors in general. And and so that kind of fostered the whole backpacking thing. But I I definitely give him credit. So he was was our scoutmaster. That was Troop 126, Zanesville, Ohio. (laughs) 126, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so um, something that you don't know, Ken, is I, I had posed the question previously in some forums um, who do you consider the most five influential people in hiking and backpacking in the history of hiking and backpacking? Right. Okay. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot of different opinions on that. But one thing that came up time and time again was the scoutmaster, you know, the guy that basically, um, you know, got these kids backpacking that may never have gone otherwise. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, I can believe that. Cause, um, you know, I, if it weren't for Boy Scouts, I'd very seriously doubt I would have hiked as a kid. You know, I'd, maybe later on, but, uh, you know, my family, it wasn't something that they wanted to do a lot. So, uh, you know, Boy Scouts was definitely my influence on that. I mean, hands down, that was my influence as well. I, I can't agree with you more. My son's in Scouts now. The Scouts have certainly had their challenges and, um, you know, um, you know, I, I think they're working their way through them, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think sure. that's 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 really true, right? Like, I, I really agree with that statement. Yep. So, so your first backpacking trip was probably Philmont National Scout Ranch, right? Yeah, I mean, my first real one. We did a couple. Uh, you know, if you consider like the Yon hike we did and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my first real uh, real backpacking was Philmont for sure. Yeah. So. Um, so I'm just kind of curious to ask you in terms of backcountry experience, because you've, you've done a lot since then, obviously. Like, do you have a most interesting backpacking experience that you can share with the audience here? Um, you know, I think, uh, I don't know if I have a most interesting, but I, I think uh, just taking my kids out and being able to share with them, you know, especially when I go out with my son and, uh, being able to share with him and, and he really enjoys hiking as well. So, um, you know, not a general, I guess more of a general experience more so than an individual hike, but just, you know, maybe the Linfoot hike with my kids or going up Trey mountain with my son, um, or any number of hikes that I've done with him. 
just being able to pass on to him, which I think uh, I think all three of my kids really enjoy hiking. So I, I would say that's my best experience for sure. Yeah. So if you had to say your um, most ultimate day in the backcountry, would it would it be with your kids, your wife? Because I know you hike with her a lot. Um, how do you answer that? That's a tough one. Man, I don't know because you know there's something about going out with the boys too and hiking that's pretty cool. But uh, you know, also going out with your family, I love the time I go out three days. Uh, three or four days with my wife and we hike the AT when the kids are at camp. So it's tough. It's all different, but it's all enjoyable, uh, you know, in a different way. What about like your most defining memorable moment in the backcountry, Mr. Ken, the weasel. Can you share that? I don't know if I have a, a most memorable moment. Um, what, about, what about when that lightning about lit you up? Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, that was recently. We were standing at the, what, what, I don't even know how to say it, Wyalasi, what is it, the the shelter. Uh, man, that was crazy. And uh, my wife and I were underneath a, what's the name of that shelter, Steve? Well, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, you pronounce it as well as I could, Wyalasi, E, whatever. It's, yeah, it's kind of a Wailasi. store slash hostel, right? Yeah, so anyhow, the last time we were hiking, um, DAT, uh, we were, we basically done, uh, we went over Blood Mountain. I think we had hiked about 10 miles that day and it was, we could tell it was getting ready to rain like crazy. So we ended up at, the, at that shelter right as they were closing. So, uh, we talked to the guy, he said, well, you can, uh, you know, you can stay here as long as you want underneath. They had a nice awning set up. So we went under the awning. We actually cooked dinner there and it just started raining like crazy. And lightning actually hit the shelter while we were cooking dinner, and it was crazy, man. You could feel the static in the air, and it uh, it actually crashed their computer system because about an hour later, some lady came in and had to reboot everything because it had it had destroyed their computer. Actually, it had ruined one of them. Wow, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, so we got out of there. It, you know, it's funny too is we hiked another probably three miles after that. And we found a nice campsite. We camp. We spent the night there. But the next night, we ended up um, at a shelter with these three guys that had come from Texas to hike the AT, and they had actually stayed in the shelter that night. And they were there when the white lightning hit. And uh, you know, they said that they could feel the static in the because there was apparently a bunch of water downstairs. It didn't sound like the nicest place to stay. The, the hostel there, but. Um, yeah, they said they could feel the lightning hit on their feet when they were standing in the water. So that was kind of weird. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. So so how does that compare to your Woods Hole experience with the uh, black bear or the supposed black bear? Oh, that's alleged. We don't really know if that was a black bear. We we think it might have been. You'd have to ask Brad about that one. Yeah, but for the listeners, you go in the backcountry, there's guaranteed stories to tell, I promise. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and that is a... Uh, an area of the AT where there is a lot of heavy bear activity and something destroyed that guy's tent. We're not quite sure what it was. So it maybe may or may not have been a bear. Maybe Bill Bryson's paranoia is legit. Could be. <laughs> so, so getting back to the movie, walk in the woods. Um, would you be an extra again, Ken? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I would do it again. I would do it if it were something that I'm passionate about. I wouldn't do it just to uh, be on a movie set, but uh, you know, if it were something cool, I would do it. Were, were you surprised that most of the extras that we were um, with at the Stone Mountain 
filming were local Georgians, or do you think they'd come from further away? No, no. I mean, you know, for what what they pay and what they were advertising, I thought I figured most of them would be pretty local to that area. Yeah, and and for the for the listeners, what they pay is basically what like about right, eight bucks, I think, like yeah. about minimum wage and time and a half for overtime. Yeah, it's something like that. So yeah. I mean, I, it wasn't the type of thing you'd want to drive a whole long way to do, but you yeah. you'd want to do it for the experience. Yeah, when I was at the Hampton, Georgia shoot, there were people that came from. One guy came all the way from Mississippi. Some other folks had come three, four hours away from Dude, Tennessee. I came from Mississippi, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He was. He had also been in the Amicalola shoot, so he, you know, had driven a long way. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess he's he wanted to be in it pretty bad. Yeah. So, so what about the crew? Were you surprised to see um, most of the crew were also from Georgia? You know, that surprised me. I would have thought that. Uh, they would bring in a bunch of Hollywood people, but, uh, you know, just based on the actors being from Hollywood or, you know, working there or whatever. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I was kind of surprised really. Yeah. The Hollywood crew is pretty much just the, uh, kind of producers, the executive folks, right? Yeah. I mean, there weren't too many of them. Most of the, uh, we were talking to that girl who was, uh, uh what was she? The, um, Oh, when you when we were having lunch? Yeah, the, yeah, the kid uh, we were yeah. talking to. Her mother, uh, she was a costume designer or something, I forget. But uh but anyway, was she, she, was was, she she was local or she was uh No, she yeah. was local. Yeah. Okay. Everybody gotcha. we talked to at lunch was local, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. Well then there was that one woman that was in the car with us that had gone to the same high school as your kids had gone to, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Yep, she had. Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. So um, another question for you. This is not the first major film in the last 12 months that's being filmed on the on long-distance trails, right? So did you – I guess you've heard about the book Wild, right? Yeah, you know, I read that book, actually. What would you think? It was good. It was uh, – you know, it was a, certainly a different type of book than than uh, bill bryson wrote you know but she was uh for not really being a professional writer i guess before this book um it, it was really well done well i guess she was she wrote the book subsequent to when she actually did the hike but uh it was great i mean she did a her whole story was um from where she came through or where she came from to actually you know hiking the uh, pct was was pretty amazing and she laid it out really well. Yeah, and for the listeners that don't know what PCT is, Pacific Crest Trail, but um, I, I was shocked, and I don't know about you, how brutally honest that woman was. Like Cheryl Strayed, she was incredibly honest about her situation. She had a lot of issues that she went into great detail about, and you know, she. It was kind of cool how you know her hiking to some extent cleansed her of all the junk that she'd been through earlier in her life, and. A lot of it dated back to when she was a kid. So I, I would definitely go see that movie as well. Sex, Drugs, and Hiking. The movie's yeah. coming out. It's coming out this year, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, it is? Uh, yeah, well, it's yeah. they filmed it uh, They filmed it last fall, I believe. You know, Reese Witherspoon is uh, going to play uh, Cheryl Strayed in the, in the movie. She, oh, that's funny. Okay. She, she optioned the rights to that movie, like just as, as Robert Redford did with uh, – with Walk in the Woods. But did your wife read the book, just out of curiosity? Um, yeah, she did. I don't know if I've ever had a conversation. She she read it, and it was laying around. 
uh, I just needed something to read, so I picked it up and started reading it, and I thought, man, this is really good. So, Yeah, it, I mean, it's an entirely different read than oh, Walk sure. in the Woods. I mean, it, the mood is just totally different, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and it, it is more about her personal life, I think, than a, a Walk in the Woods is mainly about his experience in the woods, whereas Wild is more about um, Cheryl Strayed's just her, what she went through and how hiking changed her outlook on things. Yeah, her life journey, basically, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you want to laugh, real, read Bill Bryson's yeah, book. Man, don't read Wild if you want to laugh. If you want to, like, get deep into someone's <laughs> troubles, read Wild, right? Yeah. yeah, it was interesting, but for a completely different reason. Yeah, no, I thought, I, you know, I'm only about probably a third through it right now, but, um, yeah, I mean, i, I got to respect the woman. She is not afraid to put it out there. <laughs> no, no, there, it's pretty graphic. Yeah. Which so I wonder, I wonder how that's going to relate to film. That'd be I, yeah, interesting to see. I think it's a good question, but you know, here's another thing. Like another major book that has just been has been optioned and filmed into a movie that's hitting the uh, screen screens next year. And um, again, she didn't hike the whole Pacific Crest Trail, right? She hiked uh-huh. basically most of California. Um, I think what's different for her is she. Um, she did not. She never intended to hike the whole trail, right? Uh, she was completely ill prepared to hike in general when she started. She just basically said, "You know what? My life is in total shambles. Uh, I'm gonna go hiking." But well, and she, and she admits that too, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, she she admits she was at a really low point in her life, and you know, she had some gear, but uh, it it. You know, I don't. I don't think she ever expected to get all the way through it. I think she just needed an escape for a while. Yeah, and I mean, she basically said that she really was planning on hiking California. I don't think she ever intended to hike the whole trail. No, man, that trail sounds kind of uh, kind of cool, though. I would. <laughs> it, you read that book, and uh, you know, I've seen a. You sent me a couple of movies about it too, and it, it makes you want to go hike that. But uh, 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 don't tease me. <laughs> I'd, I'd be all over that. I, I would love to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. Absolutely. So um, that being said, Ken, I got to ask you. So you've got Cheryl Strayed's Wild, which is going to be on the Pacific Crest Trail coming out in 2014. I think Walk in the Woods. It looks like the filming is going to wrap like June. I don't. I don't think it'll make it out this year. It'll probably make it out sometime next year. So 2016. You have any prediction about the number of through hikers on the trail? Um, I'm, I'm guessing. It'll it'll be a lot more. I don't know on the Pacific Crest Trail because I I think you know to through hike that it just doesn't for most people doesn't seem realistic. And the AT I've heard is harder to through hike than the PCT. But uh, I, I think it more people are in the east for one thing. But I, it'll definitely up the numbers. Yeah, I mean I would answer I would answer that this way. I mean I think the AT is. Um, it's it's probably physically more demanding because there's so much more up and down and it's very very hot right yeah. in this in the summer very humid, um, but I think the Pacific Crest Trail is harder logistically. Um, yeah. The tra- the trail is is longer. You're doing 2,600 instead of 2,200 well, you, miles. You've got a lot of snow and possible weather conditions to deal with too. Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely have that reroute you. But um, but at the same time, I think. The logistics in, t- in terms of resupply on water is just harder on the PCT. 
So I mean, but but you have a, a lot more, you know, views and you know maybe less towns to resupply. But um, yeah, I mean, so so you and I are going to try to knock this thing out next year. Is that what you're yeah, telling me? ECT sounds good. You know, and having read that book, you wonder because she, she got lost a lot. You know, there were a lot of times in the book. If you, were, I don't know if, how far you've gotten, but you know, she would just end up in different places and would be off the trail because apparently at the time she hiked it, it wasn't well marked. So my guess would be that that has changed a little bit, but I don't know. You know, it it, it might be if something's covered in snow, you, you really don't know where you're going. But hey, but you bring up a good point. When she hiked it, she hiked it in 1995. Right. One one year after I threw hiked the Appalachian Trail, I have you know, and um, it was a different trail in '95. That was almost 20 years ago. Right. It the Continental Divide Trail is like probably the PCT back then. I mean, it's, uh, or okay. maybe, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty well blazed now. I think there's a lot more trail angels that are out there now. Um, I don't think you can compare the PCT today with when she hiked it in 95. Yeah, you know? I think that's fair to say, you, you know, going through the desert, it, it, that first part of the trail, I, you know, you read that part of the book. Um, I, I know you, you couldn't survive that without people helping you. And I would guess that there's a lot, uh, a lot more water available at this point. Well, I think one thing that you have is you've got a trail community that's doing water caching for those hikers that you didn't have 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you read the book, it was basically a couple guys that would take water out there just to prevent people from dying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm sure it's more organized at this point. Yeah. So, So, yeah, sign me up for that, man. We'll, We'll head out. That sounds good. I'm sure you, know, you might be able to get your wife talked into that. Uh, yeah, yeah, if we can <laughs> financially support that. Yeah, so so have you been following the um, the casting pages for um, CL Casting on Walk in the Woods lately? Have you even checked? I have not looked. You know, they, they never called me back for the REI shoot and basically said they wanted new people, so I, I haven't followed up at all. Yeah, they, they just had a posting like um, – I think it was on June 4th. They're, they've been doing a lot of shoots lately with cars, which I don't know if it's Trail Town or what they're doing. But, um, yeah, they just had – that was the last one I've seen, but I've noticed the number of postings has dropped way off. So, listeners, if you want to be in the movie, you probably don't have much time. They're probably starting to get near the end now. Yeah, I mean, it's the filming's wrapping up, right? Yeah, I think I think the June they're supposed to finish up here. Yeah, they're supposed to be done within the month. So, yeah, yeah. So I'll put a link on the casting page, or excuse me, on on my website for the CL Casting Facebook page. Um, and you know, if you too like the potential of sitting around for twelve hours for potentially ten seconds of fame, this could be you. You you too could be in the deep background. Yes, just like Ken the Weasel. Exactly. Well, I look forward to the film. I don't know about you. I, are you? Are your? Is your family pumped up? Are your are your friends pumped up? Yeah, you know my family is. You know they they uh they they were excited for me, and uh, we'll definitely go see it when it comes out. E- even if you have to kind of like point to yourself in the deep background. Well, I mean, there's no guarantee that scene will even make the movie. <laughs> it is a cra- it is a crap scene. It is, yeah. He he did have the funny line, so hopefully it'll hopefully it'll make it, and hopefully you, I'll be able to point myself out. But uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, well, you know, I got to tell you, man, it was just fun to uh, to be there and uh, to to do it, you know, do it with 
somebody I've known since I was in kindergarten. That's cool, too. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and I've, I've got my fingers crossed. I can't believe that my um, bunkhouse scene is not going to give me some FaceTime. So it may it may be four seconds. It may be three. You'll see. You maybe see my back for ten seconds. But if you too, listeners, want to be an extra in a Hollywood film and spend two days on a set for ten seconds of filled time, then um, there's a link waiting for you at the end of this podcast. That, that, that's not a very good sales job there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad to be a part of the movie, man. I'm excited about it. I think it'll be really good. Yeah. Dude, I, I think your one scene is going to make the cut, and uh, you're going to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ken. Well, hey, man, it was great having you on the show tonight, and uh, always a pleasure to spend time with you, and um, I'll see you in Hollywood, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Later. Thanks for listening to the N2 Backpacking Podcast. This is Bird Shooter wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this podcast, visit Apple's iTunes store or download them directly at n2backpacking.com from the podcast tab on the secondary menu. Music from this podcast was provided by the John Zed Band. For more information on this Atlanta-based musician, visit his website at johnzed.com. That's johnzedd.com. Or search for his latest release through iTunes. This podcast is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at N2 Backpacking. That's the letter N, the number two, backpacking.com.